Welcome to the Dive Podcast presented by Willamette Week. I'm your host, Hank Sanders. Each week, we tackle a different issue that's uniquely Portland. So tune in every Saturday to hear a new episode complete with interviews and editorial that helps explain our city. From Portland's leading paper comes a brand new way to engage with the news, sports, arts, and culture. Stick around. Welcome to the Dive Podcast. I'm your host, Hank Sanders. Today is July 24th, and we are sharing with you the 30th episode of the Dive Podcast. So thank you so much for joining us on this episode 3-0, Big 30. Uh, If you have been a loyal listener and have listened to the recent episodes that we've come out with, you know that we are in the middle of interviewing some of the biggest names in Portland and Oregon. Uh, Usually it's been uh, so far political figures between the mayor and senators and secretary of state, people like that. Uh, City Commissioner, Mingus Maps, list goes on. Um, But today we are joined by a restaurateur uh, and a chef named Vitaly Paley. Chef Paley opened up the world-renowned restaurant that is called Paley's Place. Uh, 26 years ago he did that. Since then he's gone on to open up several other successful restaurants, including Imperial, Headwaters, Penny Diner, things like that. Uh, They have closed due to COVID, so he had to close those restaurants, leaving only Paley's Place open. Uh, So we had a lot of questions for Paley, Chef Paley, about his process and about what the last year has been like, and so we we wanted to get him on the show. So here is that interview with Chef Paley. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you enjoy. Let's go back to 1995 when you opened up your restaurant, Paley's Place. What was the food scene like then, and what has changed over the past 25 years? Gosh. Uh, Well, Kimberly and I came out to Oregon uh, once or twice, I want to say, between 93 and 94 to kind of uh, do a little scouting uh, to check out just in general if Oregon in general would be a place for us to move to. And... It wasn't a place we fell in love with immediately, but it definitely grew on us. What attracted us the most about Oregon is that it was perfectly situated between the ocean where the seafood is. I mean, this is from a chef's perspective. Uh, And then the mountains were the mushrooms and the truffles and just the beauty. Uh, Orchards, big city with a small park in the center. Portland is just the opposite. It's a big park with a small city in the center. Fast forward to 95, I guess, when we opened Paley's Place, we were really one of the first ones to kind of start the modern dining wave in Portland. I can name a handful of restaurants that really made a difference back then. But the best of all, I think, was is that this place was ripe and ready. It was fresh. Uh, We had no strange traditions, no rules to follow. We could make it up as we went using our personal lives experiences to define or help redefine or help propel uh, the food movement to where it is today. You decided in like the 2010 area to open up a a series of other restaurants. And these were like hotel-based restaurants. And we'll talk about those in more depth in a little bit. But I want to know, like, why were you pushed to open up something new? You had a great, one of the best restaurants in Portland. Why were you just trying other things or what was the push there? Um, right after we got the James Beard Award, uh, it was definitely 
something that we cherished and we, we, we took very seriously that we had a reputation to uphold, but it also gave us uh, a, bit of a, a bit of a thought, you know, what, what's in our future? Where, where do we go? How do we grow uh, as a brand, as a business, as a company? As, and, and then for me personally, uh, when you're, when you're a 15 year old restaurant at that time, you're saying, you know, it was actually more like 18, 18 years when we opened Imperial. What, what, what's next? You know, if you're not growing, you're kind of going backwards. So uh, once you've established a certain personality uh, to be able to do something different within that personality on a creative level is very difficult. To reinvent a brand in the same location is almost impossible. So rather than reinvent ourselves, we continuously reinvent ourselves, obviously through new menu ideas, but the core of the principle, the core of the ideals, we started with 1995 and they're still true today, 26 years later. So in order for us to have a new beginning, uh, something new to say, we needed a new platform. And, and that's when Imperial was born. Headwaters and Imperial, places that I really enjoyed going to, and they were, they're all, but they're all so different. So what was that experience like? How were they doing um, before 20, let's take COVID out. How are they doing before 2019? Business is booming. We were doing really well. Really? Um, the, the Imperial, uh, had its heyday back in 2016. Uh, we've all kind of experienced unfortunate, uh, uh, circumstance with the start of the riots and beginning of the, that's election. what I'd read. Yeah. That kind of marked the, the, the time for us when we started seeing downtown business to start to slump a bit. Um, Imperial experienced it less than Headwaters, but Headwaters opened right in the eye of that storm. We had to close. I remember one day we had to close our doors because somebody just dropped, you know, uh, tear gas right in front of our door. So we had wow. to close it. We couldn't go out. Police vans, riot vans. You know, this was like we're opening up in October and all of a sudden we're dealing with the election stuff in November, as we're heading into the busiest holiday season, it was, I got to tell you, man, that was, that was something that opening was challenging for sure. Well, you know, it's interesting because you didn't do anything wrong. Like you didn't do anything wrong. Were you, were you kind of reading the newspapers and, and looking outside your restaurants and being like, what the F is going on Portland? That's true. Um, I mean, I, I've, I've always believed that in order for us to succeed, we have to really, uh, insert ourselves into the community. I, I admired, I admire everyone that's here. I wanted to be part of the community. I wanted us to all be inclusive. Uh, so it didn't matter where I came from, but at the same time, Portland was my adopted home and I care so much for it. So business is booming. Yeah. A few hiccups here and there with protests, but business is booming and things are looking up and then let's end of 2019 people start kind of murmuring about COVID-19 and then obviously by January, February, you know, I want to ask like, when did you start to recognize, Oh, this is going to be a problem for a long time. Um, I don't know if I, I was, I, I was in a bit of a denial. I think I was one of those optimists and I still am. Um, I've always been that way. It's just my nature. But as we were talking about closures, you know, dating back to February and then eventually closing in March, we all kind of thought, yeah, a couple of months, you know, right. we'll, we'll, we'll be right back at it. 
right. there's no way we're going to do this longer than, and it just kept on dragging and dragging and dragging. And then, you know, we put everything on hold and started attending all kinds of webinars of trying to understand how to manage your way through COVID and continue to run the business, uh, figure out what the resources are and how we can apply to for them and all these PPP loans and grants and other things that were becoming available to us, you know, those took time to research, to understand, to deal with. Um, and that just kind of took hold and all of a sudden, uh, you know, other civil rights movements started coming into the equation and, and then trying to help the frontline workers who were putting themselves on the line, trying to help and save people and, all those things were just kind of intermingling with us trying to understand is their future for our company. I go back to this with Paley's like for 25 years, you've perfected the, or 26 years now um, you've perfected the art of this is how long every single meal takes. This is how it starts and middle and ends. And then now you've like expedited during COVID with takeout and you have your takeout order uh, business that you've started, you know, Paley's at home. Um, do you think that these instances will change the way that Portlanders think about food uh, or fine dining, especially are the fine dining days over or are people excited to get back to two hour long meals? So fine dining is not dead. Uh, we're a living proof of it. Uh, people more than ever want to go out and celebrate and they don't need an occasion. Every time you go out, it's an occasion that you celebrate. And we were there for them 25 years ago and every single step of the way, we're here for those people today. Uh, creativity is at an all time high for us in the kitchen. We're going back to our roots, exploring new ideas, reinventing all ideas, having fun. Uh, food is thoughtful, thought provoking, yet very lighthearted. We enjoy to cook it, and that enjoyment really translates to a plate. I've never heard more positive comments and more smiles on people's faces once they take their masks off than I do today. As far as navigating ourselves through the COVID at Paley's Place, it was apparent to us that in the beginning, we had to make a few changes in order for us to somewhat continue and continue to bring in a little bit of income so we can continue to employ takeout CSA style program uh, that was started because one of my farmers that I've worked with for years, George Webler, reached out and said, I need some help. I've got beautiful crops growing. It's wonderful spring. I don't know what to do with it. I can only give away so much. So we started the CSA program all of a sudden overnight. I'm putting together 100 bags of farm fresh produce and people are just lining up to get it. You know, these are the things that made us who we are. And now I'm sharing them with the customers in their raw form as opposed to cooked as they would encounter on a plate. You know, so that grew to prepared food items. You know, now we're having fun. We're making, you know, clam chowder and three bin chili for uh, Super Bowl Sundays. You know, it's like I've never done that before. And I'm having fun with it. And people are really digging the product, you know, um, takeout. Uh, we made these little meal kits that people can take home and reheat themselves. At first, they were a lot simpler. Then eventually, as people got better at cooking at home, we would kind of increase the level of intensity. And 
this interactive type of like meal that we would put together and they would participate in rather than just eat it was very engaging for us and for them at the same time. I remember Thanksgiving, God, we put out 120, well, by the numbers, 120 takeout for Thanksgiving last year, uh, which was spectacular, which was fun. Dating back to 2019, Thanksgiving, we served about 3,000 meals between all the restaurants wow. and, and about 250 employees. This year, or last year, we did it with nine of us. No. <laughs> Wow. So 3,000 meals, you said, with nine? Well, 3,000 meals at all the restaurants and not just Bailey's Place. But that's kind of, that's, you know, kind of gives you a little bit of a perspective of the amount, just the sheer amount of, of I, I, I like to, I don't want to call it, we got gutted in this, in this whole thing. But yeah, definitely it, it became, became apparent that, you know, if we're going to do, anything this year, this is going to be, Paley's is going to be it. That's going to be the center of our attention. So, right. Wow. That's yeah. That's insane. Um, not only did you open up and restaurant. Okay. You say this restaurants and hotels are like the two things that got probably hurt more than any other business or two out of the top three things that were really hurt. Um, and you had restaurants inside of hotels. A lot of these were restaurant hotel concepts. D is there any regret there? I mean, obviously there's no way of knowing, but is there any other, ah, I wish that we just did standalone restaurants or I wish, I wish we just stuck with Paley's this whole time. No regrets. We've done everything we possibly could to, to keep those restaurants afloat. Um, we try to reopen Imperial uh, in the summer of uh, 2020, as we were allowed to, we built a platform on Broadway um, and the business just never came back. Yeah. Uh, we went maybe 15% of the business that we used to care, used to have at Imperial. Wow. Um, and then of course the issue of homelessness that would uh, walk up to people sitting, eating outside and snatching food off their plates. And really, it was, it was heartbreaking, you know, um, yeah. on that Friday when we decided to not continue anymore, you know, of course, PPP helped, but once I, I, yeah, I, I constantly compare PPP to like a ventilator once that right ventilator is on, 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 you know, once you unplug it, you know, if you can't stand on your own, you're going backwards so fast, it'll take your breath away, you know? Right, so right, right. we're like to preserve our sanity and to preserve a little bit of what we've been able to uh, accumulate there. It made only made sense to, to shutter uh, hotels, business ownership uh, in general. And of course the property owners that are downtown are suffering pretty bad. They still are. I keep going back to when you are answering some of these questions some of the problems that you're mentioning, of course, COVID related, and probably all the problems are worsened by COVID. But you're also talking about a couple of things that aren't COVID related. I mean, homelessness issue and and issue with riots and police um, response to riots, whether it's tear gas or whatever or whatever it might be. Um, say in five years or whenever you are deciding to, I don't know if you want to, but if you are considering opening up another restaurant in downtown Portland, are you going to be a little bit hesitant? Because even if you're not worried about COVID, you've expressed concern about other things. Uh, I, 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 gosh, I wish I had a crystal ball. Um, we were all hoping that things would get better, but they didn't. They're, they've gotten a little worse. 
I think the homelessness issue is, is a big challenge for our leadership, is a challenge, and it's also a really difficult thing to manage your way through if you're a business owner. People just don't want to go where they don't feel comfortable and safe. I also think that because of COVID-related issues, offices are shut, there's no people downtown, shopping is very limited, there's no sporting events, there's no theaters, there is nobody in the hotel, the streets are barren. On a Friday night when we decided to close up shop, wow. that was back in October, I walk in the middle of Broadway and I stood in the middle of Broadway looking one way and looking the other. There was not a single car, not a single person walking anywhere, only homeless. So. Do we have a, did we have a homeless problem before the COVID? Yes, we did. Was it as visible? No, it wasn't because there was all of us present. Now that we take all of us out of the equation, it is so much more apparent, the homelessness issue, the dirt, the filth. And then of course, riots and right. violence and, you know, boarded up windows, which still exist. And, are you just riding every day, day by just taking it day by day with Paley's place? Or is there like a place where you want to be where you want to be at in five years where you mark your calendar? Like, I want to have this place here in five years. Gosh, that would be a lofty goal. And I'd like to get there. I'd like to think that we still have enough juice and enough power to to get to that five year mark for sure. For now, we're just enjoying the process. I, I think. I, again, this is my personal belief, but I, I, tr I try my best to enjoy the actual process of getting there, the trip itself, the journey. What's on a plate is a fruition of your daily chores. And if you just breeze through it without any thought, it'll be representative on that plate. But if you put a lot of thought into it and you spend time enjoying the process, it'll be that much better. And I think that general approach of being in the moment, enjoying the process itself, of getting there as opposed to, let's look ahead. How we get there is just as important as the end result, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Grateful for the little things I love. Well, folks, that's our episode. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Dive Podcast. Come back next week for episode 31. Yet another special guest joins the podcast that week. Uh, but as you know, no no spoilers until then. You'll have to wait until that Saturday to uh, to listen to what that guest has to say and who that guest is. So, But until then, thank you so much for listening. 30 episodes is a lot of episodes, and you guys continue to support us. So thank you so much for that. And uh, as you know, as we always say, have fun. And stay safe and and keep up with what Lama Week does. You know, read read our work. Really doing some awesome work. Uh, everyone at the team. So, shout out to everyone at the team that's that's working and and printing out great content every single day. So thank you so much and uh, thank you for listening. With that, I'll let you go. We'll see you next week. Take care.
Thank you for listening to this episode of The Dive Podcast, presented by Willamette Week. For more information on this podcast or the biggest stories in Portland, go to wweek.com and follow Willamette Week on all socials. We're doing some really cool things related to the podcast on our Instagram and Twitter. Includes giveaways, behind the scenes, etc. A lot of cool things coming your way, so give those a follow. Special thanks to our guests for joining us, and thank you to Aaron Mesh, Mark Zussman, and Brian Panganibon, as well as the entire Willamette week family last but not least thank you so much to heather witty and ampmusic.co for the music that you hear on this podcast for willamette week i'm hank sanders this has been the dive podcast